So friends, it takes a lot of work to bring two different worship styles together, a lot of people involved. And so uh, join me in showing your appreciation for all those who are leading us in worship this morning. Thank you, guys. Uh, this, this was the father's last hope. He was angry, he was frustrated, he was out of ideas. He was at his absolute and utter wit's end. He'd heard that there was this man named Jesus who could heal people. And so though he lived more than a dozen miles away, he dragged his very sick son all the way to meet this rabbi. When he got close, he met some of his disciples, and the disciples said, oh, don't worry, we can heal him. And they tried, and they couldn't. And so the father's first thought must have been, see, I knew this was going to be like every other solution that I've tried. I'm going to walk away disappointed with a son who is still sick, and I can't do anything about it. He starts to argue with the disciples about how they'd let him down. An argument that begins to boil over so big that Jesus, who is some way off, he sees it, he takes note of it, and he comes over and he asks what's going on. And the dad, showing really no respect for Jesus, says, your disciples said they could heal my son and they can't. So what about you? Will you heal him if you can? And Jesus' response is this. He says, if I can. <laughs> All things are possible for those who believe. And it was as if those words of Jesus flipped a switch in the heart of the Father because without hesitation, he said, Oh, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And that's the favorite verse we're looking at this morning. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. The Father said those words and Jesus looked at him and he nodded his head and he healed the son. And that father went home with his boy, holding his hand with the weight of the world off of his shoulders and with the two of them filled with peace. If you walk away this morning with anything from our time together, may it be this one truth, that faith is enough. Even if your faith is an angry faith, even if your faith is a doubt-ridden faith, even if your faith feels like a very weak faith, it's a wit's end faith, faith in Jesus Christ is enough. Today, as you well know, we are remembering something we don't talk about very often here, Martin Luther and the Reformation and all those people that, that helped bring that about. We're talking about it because the biblical truth that they rediscovered changed the world, and that biblical truth could be summarized like this. Humanity gets what it needs from God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And that's what I want to talk about with the time we have left this morning. I want to talk about what faith is and what it is not because there is a whole lot of angst and frustration and worry that many people live with that flows from a misunderstanding of something as simple as faith. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get something that you can take notes with, be it a phone or your, your worship folder or the back of your friend's hand, whatever it is, something to, to write on and jot things down with. And I want you to write two words. I want you to write two words really big. 
all caps, bold. Faith is. Faith is dot, dot, dot. And I'm going to give you three ways to end that sentence this morning. The first thing you need to know is that faith is dependence. Faith is dependence. Mark chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus says this. He says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come not to call the righteous, those who have their lives all together, but I've come to call the sinners. Faith is not intellectual assent. It's not the ability to grasp the big truths of God and wrap your mind around the mysteries of God. Faith is not moral living. It's not the ability to be good more than you're bad. Faith is not a positive set of emotions. The ability to have a steady, peaceful, joyful attitude all the time. Now, biblical knowledge is good. Being good and behaving is good. Being happy and feeling good is great. But what you need to understand is this. The person who knows more about the Bible than you and the person who has a better reputation because they have their life put together more often than you and the person who doesn't deal with depression or anxiety like you, they do not have a greater faith than you. Because that's not what faith is. Faith is not about having something, it is about needing something. Faith is dependence upon something or someone greater than yourself who can do or is something that you are not and you lean upon them. Faith is about neediness. So for example, I have faith in my car because I need to get to work. I have faith in Wi-Fi because I need to stream the latest episode of Billions. I have faith in my wife because I need constant care and companionship. I have faith in my doctor because I need to get rid of this cough. I have faith in politicians because I'm an idiot. You see how this works? <laughs> faith is not about having something. Faith is about needing something. So to say you have faith in Jesus is to say, I need him. I bring him my nothing because I believe that he is everything. So take a look at your life. Take a quick inventory. Do you have relationships that are messed up? Do you have some sin, some, some moral thing that you're wrestling with that you try to deal with, but it has its way of sneaking back into your life? Do you have a sickness that lingers? Do, do you sometimes watch the news and get scared or get worried or get angry? Do, do you have a need for the love of Jesus, for the forgiveness of Jesus, for the power of Jesus to be made known in your life? If the answer to that question is yes, I have a need for the love, the forgiveness, and the power of Jesus. If the answer to that question is yes, then let me be the first to tell you, you have a great faith. Because great faith is nothing more than great need for Jesus. Faith is a relationship of dependence. I've got nothing. He is everything. It's the first thing you need to know. 
Second thing you need to know is how you got this relationship of dependence upon Jesus. It's not something that you made or manufactured. It's not some prize you got for going to Sunday school when you were a kid. It's not the result of some prayer that you prayed, although prayers are important. Your faith in Christ is a gift. Your faith, your dependence you have upon him is a gift given to you and maintained for you by Christ. Uh, let me explain. As many of you may know, uh, my family is new here. We moved just about a month ago from New York City. And when we were living in New York City, we would ride the subway. And I had a relationship of faith with the R train. I had a relationship of dependence, of faith in the R train to get me to Midtown Manhattan. And my relationship of faith that I had in the R train Though it was my possession, it was the creation of the New York City public transit system. That gift of faith in the R train was given to me the first time that that train pulled up to the station and it opened its doors and it invited me in and it took me to Midtown Manhattan in 26 minutes on a good day and within two weeks on a bad day. The faith I had in the R train was not my creation, but it was my possession. I didn't make it. I was gifted it by the train itself. I didn't maintain it. Frankly, neither does the New York City subway system. But they made it and gave it to me by virtue of them being who they are and doing what they do. Does that make sense? Likewise, my four-year-old son, Jack, has faith in me as his daddy. He has faith in me, a dependence upon me, a trust in me that he can't really understand or explain at this particular stage in his life, but he has it. And the faith he has in me is a gift that I gave to him. It is his possession, but it is my creation. I created the faith he has in me as his daddy the first time I reached out to him and I held him in my arms after he was born and I spoke to him and I told him that I loved him and I gave things to him and I introduced him to his mom and put him in her arms. The faith he has in me is his possession, but I created it, and I maintain it by being a good dad to him. It's a gift I gave to him. Now think for a moment about your faith in Jesus, your dependence upon the person and the promises of Jesus. Who gave it to you? Jesus did. Who maintains it for you? Jesus does. Who keeps you in it? Jesus does. Now you may say, well, how did Jesus give me my faith in Jesus? Here's how. When you were brought to the waters of baptism and he poured all of his promises on you, every time that you hear his word and he is preached to you and presented to you, every time you come to the altar and you receive bread and wine, body and blood, and he gives himself to you, every time the people of God rally around you to love you, to encourage you, to pray for you, to speak truth to you, to speak love to you, that is Jesus coming to you and creating in you the dependence that you have upon him and nurturing it and maintaining it and strengthening it. Your faith is a gift given to you by Jesus. Now that is meant to make you breathe a spiritual sigh of relief because very often you will go through life and life will be crazy, life will be tumultuous, life will be nuts. And you'll say, well, is this because I don't have enough faith? Or is this evidence of the fact that I've lost my faith or do I need to strengthen my faith? I need to get better at going to church and build my faith. Now you should come to church, but granted, I'm biased. But, but how are you going to lose and how are you going to grow something that you didn't even earn or make? 
So when life is crazy, when life is nuts, here's what, here's what you need to do. You need to stare at how awesome Jesus is. You need to look at his worthiness and his beauty and his accomplishments and his teachings and his cross where he dies for you, his life where he lives for you, his tomb where he rose from you. Fix your eyes on Jesus and he will grow and nurture and maintain and restore your faith in him because it all comes from him to begin with. The third thing you need to realize is that your faith, not only is it simply dependence upon Jesus, not only is it a gift from Jesus, but your faith is not merely this passive thing. Your faith is a fight. Your faith is a fight. And here's what I mean by that. You hear this in the words of the father with the sick son. The father comes to Jesus and he says, oh, I believe but there's this whole other part of me that doesn't believe. There's part of me that depends on you to heal my son, then there's a part of me that's just angry at you in this whole world and believes nothing. You see, there's this other side to faith that we haven't talked about yet, which is going to require us to, to go a bit deeper, but I think you can track with me. Faith is not just about something that you are dependent upon. The other side of faith is that it's about things that you're letting go of. To say you have faith in X means that you are coming out of and leaning away from and letting go of Y. To say I have faith in Jesus for my identity as a child of God means that you are leaning out of and letting go of the applause of your peers for your sense of worthiness. To say that you are dependent upon Jesus for the fact that you are forgiven of all your sins means that you are letting go of this need to indulge and justify all the dark stuff you like to do on the side. To say that you are dependent upon Jesus who has overcome the world means that you are letting go and leaning out of this desire, this urge to lose your mind and go crazy whenever something happens in the news or in the headlines or in the world when there's another terrorist attack or the cancer comes back or your in-laws write you some weird nasty email, the temptation is to just lose all of your peace and let it go. You see, you see faith is, is a life of leaning into who Jesus is and letting go of these other things. And it often feels like a push and a pull and a back and a forth. It, it feels like a fight. It feels like, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And some of you are feeling that back and forth, that push and that pull, that fight really keenly this morning. So, so let me ask you to reflect, what is the push and the pull, the fight of faith feeling like for you this morning? Maybe you are trying to, to lean into the truth that you are loved unconditionally by God, but you have heard from your spouse that they don't love you that much anymore. That's a push and a pull and a fight. Or maybe you are trying to lean into the truth, the promise that you are dependent upon Jesus for your standing in the eyes of the Father and that the Father accepts you through no work of your own, just out of pure love, and yet you work for a boss who can never, ever be satisfied and never, ever tells you good job. Or you're trying to lean into the truth that 
that you're a member of God's family through no work of your own, and yet you're part of a family where you give and you give and you give, and no one ever gives back to you at all. Like you give everything for the kids, and the kids never say thank you. You give everything for your husband, and the husband never is home. And you're caught between these two worlds where I have everything through Jesus Christ and I feel like I get nothing at home. Or I have everything in Jesus Christ and all of God's love and I don't feel any love from the one I made these vows to. Or I have everything in Jesus Christ but my body is failing. And there's this push and this pull between this reality and this one. And you're tempted to think the fact that I'm being pushed and pulled and it feels like a fight, does that mean I have bad faith? No. That's, that's just the life of faith. It is a life of leaning into the promises of Jesus and letting go and leaning out of the things that are broken in this world and choosing to see your life through your dependence upon Jesus and not everything else. But, but the good news is this, Jesus whom you're dependent upon and Jesus who gave you this gift of trusting in him, he's also strong enough that he will see you through that push and that pull. He will see you through that fight, he promises. And he promises there will come a day when there's no more push and pull, there's no more fight, where he returns and he makes all things new and there's no more faith even. There's no need to depend on Jesus in your heart because you live with Jesus face to face. But until then, it's a push and a pull and it's a fight, but Jesus promises that he who you're dependent upon and who gave you the gift of depending upon him in the first place, he will see you through the battle. 501 years ago, Martin Luther did something that changed the world. He tacked 95 theses on the door of the Wittenberg Church, and it caused decades of political and theological and cultural upheaval. But his point and his purpose was not a political, cultural, or theological one even. His ultimate aim was a pastoral one. There were many people whose hearts were burdened because of an unbiblical and backward view of how we have a relationship with God. They were told that God judges even the baptized based on their good works. And that faith in Jesus got you started, but it wasn't nearly enough. You needed to make sure that you prayed enough, you went to church enough, you gave enough money, and you proved yourself worthy of all of God's blessings. And as a result, there were countless numbers of people, Luther included, who wondered whether or not they had any grace at all from God. And so Luther drove himself into the scriptures and he flipped through the scriptures and he read them on his own and a light bulb came on, a Holy Spirit-shaped light bulb came on and he said, aha, enough. Your faith may be weak, it may feel small, but your faith is not, it's not knowledge and your faith is not obedience to a moral code. Your faith is dependence upon Jesus. And it's not something that you make and that you keep and that you maintain. It is a gift given to you by Jesus. And your world may be back and forth, up and down, but Jesus, who is the object of your faith, he will see you through. Your faith is enough because even the smallest amount of faith in the right thing means that you will get from God everything. And your faith as small as it may be, is in Jesus Christ. 
And your faith in him is enough because he is enough. He has lived for you perfectly, died for you sacrificially, risen from your grave triumphantly. And through faith in him, he gives you all the blessings that belong to him. And he wraps them around you as if they are your own. And that truth is meant to lift a weight off of your shoulders and send you home like the father with his son, filled with peace. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... We often feel as though our faith is not enough. We, we, look at, we look at the turmoil and the difficulty in our own lives and we think we must be doing something more. Maybe, maybe you're mad at us. Maybe there's something being done wrong by us. And we, and we begin to question our place in your grace based on the status of our relationships, the the chaos around us, the work of our own two hands. And Father, help us to believe, help us to know that our faith, as weak or as small as it may be in Jesus Christ, is enough because it's not about the one who holds the faith, but about the object of the faith. Help us to believe that though we should grow in knowledge of your word, though we should seek to honor you with every ounce of our lives, that what makes us right with you is faith in Jesus, the righteous one. And that in depending upon him, we have all of your promises. And no matter what we're facing, no matter what push or pull we find ourselves in, may that give us peace today. That we belong to you by grace, through faith alone. Amen.